Welcome to this edition of the Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is episode number 69 of the podcast. This is the NBA season preview show. I'll be talking about the top 10 stories heading into this upcoming NBA season. Basketball is on its way, so let's start off with number 10. My Boston Celtics, Gordon Hayward, bounce back. This is the key to the Celtics season. If Gordon Hayward returns back to all-star form, or at least half of what he was in Utah, the Celtics can be a four-seed or above. But if he is 11 to 15 points a game, and he's normal and average and has no hops and can't dunk a basketball, the Celtics, to me, will be a 6-7 or even an eight seed in the East. Like it or not, Gordon Hayward has the answers to all the Celtics' problems. If Gordon Hayward cannot bounce back, the Celtics have to move on and probably overpay for Jalen Brown and make Jason Tatum the faces of the franchise. If Gordon Hayward does bounce back, then you might have an equal problem because if he is good this season, he might opt out. But I think the best case scenario for the Celtics this season is for Gordon Hayward to bounce back. He is the key. Again, one more time. If the Celtics get a bounce-back season from Gordon Hayward, and he averages between 20 to 17 points a game, and he shows he can hoop, unlike last season, the Celtics will be a top-four seed. If he cannot, to me, they will be just another team in the Eastern Conference. Brad Stevens' coaching career may be reliant on the success of Gordon Hayward this upcoming NBA season. I don't think that's something Brad Stevens ever imagined would be the case. Number nine. Nine storyline heading into this NBA season is Mike Conley's health. He was traded to the Utah Jazz, but if he can remain healthy, and this can have a positive effect on Donovan Mitchell, because to me, Donovan Mitchell was asked to play too much of the point guard position last year for the Utah Jazz. If Donovan Mitchell can play more off ball, he can become more Dwayne Wade like. Dwayne Wade was not Dwayne Wade was a point guard early on in his career, and then he made the slow transition into two guard a true two-guard. That's what needs to happen to Donovan Mitchell. The Utah Jazz asked Donovan Mitchell as a second-year player to hold too much of the pressure of the success of the team. They need to rely on Connolly this season. They're going to have Gobert. They're going to be a really good team. They added Bojan Bogdanovic also. So hopefully most of the pressure goes off, off, Donovan Mitchell, and they have success. That every This is everyone's dark horse team, the Utah Jazz. I think Quinn Schneider is one of the best head coaches. He will surely have success with Conley on the court, but the real question is, will Mike Conley be able to stay on the court? As good as Mike Conley is, as underrated as he is, as crazy as it is that he's never made an NBA All-Star game, the matter of fact is, he never can remain fully healthy at all times, and the Utah Jazz desperately need him to, because if they lose Mike Conley, then all the pressure goes onto the shoulders of one Donovan Mitchell, and he is too young of a player to deal with all that pressure, and I think it's why the Utah Jazz weren't as good year two with Donovan Mitchell as they were with year one. Number eight is Victor Oladipo's return to the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers need Victor Oladipo. Yes, they were able to get Malcolm Brogdon. Yes, they have Miles Turner. They have a really good deep roster. Tyreek Evans was really good for the Indiana Pacers down the stretch. They need Victor Oladipo. If they have Victor Oladipo, then Nate McMillan's team is a title contender. You could add the Indiana Pacers to the mix if they have a fully healthy Victor Oladipo. And not the Victor Oladipo who was with the Thunder. The Victor Oladipo who's been with the Pacers. 
Pacers. He's been brilliant. He's one of the best two-way players in the league. That's what can make the Indiana Pacers a difference maker. You add Brogdon in the mix. You get Victor Oladipo back. Brogdon's a true point guard. Victor Oladipo can play off ball. Then you have guys like Miles Turner can play. And then you have... So many good players on that roster. Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, TJ Warren. The Indiana Pacers can will be a really good playoff team in the Eastern Conference. But the real question is, are they title contenders? And the answer to that is no, if they do not get a fully healthy Victor Oladipo. They need him desperately. They need him to be the best player on that team in order to be a true NBA title contender. Number seven, the shooting of the 76ers. I'm not talking about Ben Simmons. I don't care if Ben Simmons ever develops a jump shot. I'm talking about the outside shooting that the 76ers just lost. They just lost J.J. Redick, and they just lost Jimmy Butler. Two pretty consistently brilliant three-point shooting perimeter players. And now they are going to rely on an aging Al Horford. Who knows if he can play 82 games anymore? And Josh Richardson, a guy who's had success with the Miami. Miami Heat, but has never had that much pressure overall. And Tobias Harris, a guy they vastly overpaid in my opinion. If those free players do not have good three-point shooting seasons, where does that leave the 76ers going forward? Joel Embiid is a good three-point shooter for his position, but overall, he's pretty average from the outside. And Al Horford is brilliant with the Celtics as a three-point shooter. Is he going to be able to conform to what the Sixers' style of play? Is he going to be able to be the same shooter with the Sixers? Listen, I think Brad Stevens is a better coach than what the Sixers have. Brett Brown, I don't know that Al Horford makes the Sixers the title contender that everyone else does. And yes, maybe I have harsh feelings towards Al Horford because we just, he just left my team. But still, overall, the Sixers lack shooting. Overall, they are going to rely on Al Horford, Josh Richardson, and Tobias Harris to be really good three-point shooting and to be really their only options when it comes to three-point shooting. I'm sorry, I wouldn't feel that great about it going into the season. Of course, there's a chance that all three of those guys have really good shooting seasons, but if they don't, the Sixers are going to have to add to this roster and add a lot of perimeter shooting because they lost a lot. They lost Jimmy Butler and they lost J.J. Redick. Those are huge losses. J.J. Redick is so good when it comes to three-point shooting, and he also developed into a pretty nice defender, if I do say so myself. The number six storyline to me is the Warriors without Clay. Will they be able to be a top five or six seed by the time Clay comes back and be able to make a really good postseason run? And what happens to D'Angelo Russell once Clay Thompson comes back? Will Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and D'Angelo Russell be able to be on the court together? That sounds nice. That sounds like they're going to have a prolific offense, but the real question is, Will any of those three players, other than Clay, be able to defend? I mean, will D'Angelo Russell have to guard small forwards, and how well is that going to go? I think the Warriors are going to miss Andre Iguodala. I get that they couldn't pay him that amount of money, and they're also losing Sean Livingston, who is a really good backup point guard. I think the Warriors will be a playoff team, but the real question is, are they going to be a contending team? And the only real way that can happen is is if Clay Thompson comes back 100% and fits in well with Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell. And that's going to be the big question here, is how D'Angelo Russell 
fits in because we all know the Splash Brothers are going to be great. But the reason the Splash Brothers were able to be great is because they had really good defenders around them. They're going to ask Draymond Green to do a lot this season. I think Draymond Green is going to have to be Defensive Player of the Year in order for the Golden State Warriors to be good. And that's asking a lot of Clay. Clay, I love Clay Thompson, but if he doesn't come back and average like 25 points a game, the Warriors' titles chances are slim to none. And Steve Kerr will have to do his best job of coaching this season for the Golden State Warriors to remain in the top four of the Western Conference. They're they're probably, in my opinion, going to be at the bottom of the Western Conference, a 6-7 or 8 seed this year. I think that's the more realistic goal. And listen, they had a really great run. They won, what, three championships? They can take a year off. I think that's safe to say that's fair for them to do. Fifth biggest storyline heading into this NBA season is undeniable. It is Zion and the Pelicans. They are the most interesting team to me to watch. And I know he's going to miss the first few weeks of the season with a knee injury. But still, that team added Brandon Ingram, added Lonzo Ball. They're adding Zion Williamson. This is the Pelicans getting a chance to redo their mistakes that they had with Anthony Davis. If they can have early success with Zion Williamson, guess what? They can convince him to stay long term. And listen, they added J.J. Redick. They added a lot of really good veterans to go alongside this team. For years, Derek Favors was a solid player on the Utah Jazz. Now he comes to the Pelicans. And while Zion is out, Jaleel Okafor is solid enough to to keep steady and keep the Pelicans in the playoff hunt while Zion is down. This team is the most interesting to watch because if it all fits together, Ingram and Zion and Lonzo, that could be a really good young trio for years in the NBA. And I just think David Griffin is one of the best executives in basketball. For him to be able to turn this around so quickly, hey, even if they don't have a really good regular season, it was a really good start to David Griffin's executive career with the Pelicans. And this is Alvin Gentry's really last chance to have a really good team with the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, David Griffin also got Josh Hart in that Anthony Davis trade. A lot of people like that player. So if Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram all fit, if two of those three players works out, that was a really good trade for the Pelicans. They are going to be a fascinating team to watch overall this season. Zion, if he can be dominant his rookie year, most people think he's going to be the definitive rookie of the year. I'm not quite there yet, but it will be a fascinating thing to watch. Number four, will LeBron James defer to Anthony Davis and allow him to be the best player on the Lakers? This is the same LeBron who said he wanted to give the keys to Kyrie Irving, but it never seemed like he really did. He can say all he wants that he wants to be second fiddle to a young NBA star, but until LeBron James fully does that, then guess what? The proof's in the pudding. You got to show me that you're going to do that. I mean, Kobe Bryant had issues doing this with Dwight Howard and other guys, and I don't know if LeBron James is going to give up the mantle of best player on his own team to a guy. I don't know if he's realistically ever going to do that. In preseason, he can say Anthony Davis is a beast. He can give him all the accolades he wants. He can call him the best player he's ever played with, but until he has a regular season where he allows Anthony Davis to be the man on the court, the big question is, will LeBron James ever allow a player to be the best player on a team that he is on. And he's never really allowed a big man to be the best player on his teams. He he never allowed Kevin Love to be the 26 and 16 guy he was in Minnesota. He never let Chris 
let Chris Bosh be the Chris Bosh of the Toronto Raptors? Can LeBron James let a big man shine on his team? These are all questions that I have, and it will be really interesting to see if LeBron James, one, lets a big man dominate, and two, lets Anthony Davis be the best player on the Lakers moving forward. Number three, the perimeter defense of the LA Clippers. You can talk about Kawhi Leonard, you can talk about Paul George being great offensive players, but they are both equally as good on defense. Kawhi Leonard has won a defensive player of the year. Paul George had a really good MVP type run in the first half of last season. This is the most interesting duo to me to watch moving forward. And oh, by the way, the Clippers have Pat Beverly who can be, who can guard the best point guard or two guard on anyone's team. So the fact that the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly makes them the best perimeter defense in quite a while. I mean, could this be Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Ron Harper type of thing going on with the Clippers? I think it could be that good of a defensive team. And lately, the teams that we've been getting winning titles have been really good defensive teams. I mean, the Warriors were one of the best defensive teams. The Raptors really played defense with Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers won the offseason. It will be really interesting to see if they dominate early in the NBA and if Paul George's shoulder is healthy they will be the best perimeter defense we've seen in quite a long time. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly in 82 games. Sign me up for that, please. We've also got Zubak and Montrez Harrell at the four and the five spot. This Clippers team will be the most interesting team to watch this season. Are they really title contenders? Only time will tell, but man, the battle for LA is going to be the most interesting. Will the Lakers or Clippers be the best team? I think the Clippers are going to be better than the Lakers overall. The second biggest storyline heading into this NBA season is the chemistry between NBA stars. Think about all the new NBA duos there are. LeBron and Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. There will be a lot of teams that need to form chemistry. And the team that forms chemistry the most might lead the regular season. But there's also that chance we saw this with LeBron's Miami Heat teams. You develop chemistry later on in the season, and then you become true NBA title contending teams. I mean, the fact that James Harden and Russell Westbrook have played together before, and they are so-called best friends, that might give them an early edge on the Lakers and the Clippers. But if later on in the season, LeBron and Anthony Davis or Kawhi and Paul George really develop chemistry, then we can have a real title fight for the Western Conference. The Western Conference is going to come down to which one of those duos develop chemistry fast. And I think the Rockets will develop chemistry faster, but I think, again, the Dark Horses, the Lakers and Clippers can develop chemistry later on in the season. Another team that will benefit from chemistry is the Denver Nuggets, because none of those players are joining the Nuggets. It's the same team from last year, so Jokic and Will Barton and a lot of those players will be able to keep their chemistry together and make an early run. I could see the Denver Nuggets being the one seed in the West for the entire year, but then I could see the Clippers being a free seed and a true title contending team in the Lakers in the four spot. I think that could be where this thing goes because, listen, it's going to be a while for LeBron and the Davis to develop real chemistry. The Denver Nuggets have a real edge here. They have all of their core players still on that team. And Denver Nuggets point guard Jamal Murray, in my mind, is only going to get better. This team is stacked with Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, again, Jokic. And if they add Michael Porter Jr., and by the way, they got Jeremy.
Jeremy Grant, who I loved on Oklahoma City. The Denver Nuggets, to me, I'm predicting they will be the number one seed in the Western Conference, but I am not predicting them to win the NBA title. I think that will be the LA Clippers will be my title pick team. And now the biggest story heading into this NBA season. Number one is NBA parody. For the first time in a while, no Lakers, Celtics, Bulls, Heat, or Warriors are the prohibitive favorites to win an NBA championship. There are six, seven, or eight teams that believe they have a legitimate chance to win an NBA championship. The Bucks, Sixers, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, all of those teams, Rockets, they believe they have a legitimate chance to win an NBA title. Going into last season, most people thought the most people thought that the Warriors were the definitive favorites of the NBA season, and the Raptors ended up winning the NBA championship in a, again, they won in an upset, but still, this year, NBA parity is back. All those teams I named believe that they are title contenders, and then you have teams like the Pacers on the inside trying to get in the, on the outside trying to get on the inside. There are a lot of teams that have legitimate chances to make the conference finals or make a run at the NBA Finals, and that is a glorious thing. Think of a team like the Trailblazers that are coming off a run to the Conference Finals. Maybe Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum are going to make that next step. There are teams like that that can make the next step. There are teams that have never had success before that think they're going to the Clippers. I mean, this is going to be a glorious NBA season because NBA parity is upon us for the first time in quite a long time. I mean, we had the 90s with the Bulls. We had the Celtics in the 80s. We had the Warriors recently. We had the Miami Heat of the 2010s. This is the first time there is no definitive title favorite. I didn't even list the Sixers before now on those teams that can win an NBA championship. This is the best time to be a fan of the NBA. So many teams, after coming off the wildest offseason in decades, the NBA is at a really good place because each and every night there's going to be a real battle because all of these teams are trying to win NBA titles, and all of these teams think that they are the the definitive team to do so. There will be new teams that sneak into the playoffs. There will be old teams that think they are good. They are not as good anymore. This is going to be the craziest NBA season in decades, and I, for one, cannot wait for it. You have Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis together on the Dallas Mavericks. Nobody knows how. That's the most interesting new NBA duo. Could that team make the playoffs? And then that could mean that the San Antonio Spurs, for the first time in a while under Greg Popovich, miss out on the NBA playoffs. These are the type of things that could happen in this new crazy NBA that I'm talking about. I mean, the Spurs could miss out on the playoffs, and the Mavericks could shine. And how about all the new young players you can watch? Trey Young on the Hawks. I am expecting expecting big things out of Trey Young. He is the most interesting player in the Eastern Conference this year. He shined. I thought he should have been rookie of the year. I think he had the better year over Don. I just thought he this guy has the closest thing to Steph Curry I've seen in a while. There are teams like the Sacramento Kings who thinks they're playoff teams. This is the craziest NBA season, people. I am getting hyped up for this thing, and I don't... You should too, because this is going to be a wild ride. The battle for LA. Are the Celtics a real legitimate team with Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward? Only time will tell with that. I, th- I- there's so much to talk about this NBA season. I'm going to be doing many a podcast talking about it. I hope you all enjoy it too, because it's going to be a wild and fun ride. 
Here's a quick recap on my top 10 storylines to follow this NBA season. Number 10, Gordon Hayward bounce back. Number 9, the health of Mike Conley and his effect on Donovan Mitchell. Number 8, the return of Victor Oladipo. Number 7, the shooting of the 76ers. Number 6, the Warriors without play. Number 5, Zion and the Pelicans. Number 4, will LeBron defer to AD? Number 3, the perimeter defense of the Clippers. Number 2, the chemistry between NBA superstars. And number 1, NBA parody for the first time in a long time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Ed Ed Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>